0: I might hold you a while. That's true. And I readily admit. But on Sundays, I, I, I don't hold you too long. And, uh, I, but I have something to give to you. We've been talking about on Wednesday nights for some several weeks, two months perhaps, about faith. How to speak the language or how to become fluent in the language of faith in 30 days or less. Uh, And I got that little ditty from a a little marketing scheme I saw, you know, uh, how you can lose uh, weight. Uh, You can become your high school weight. How many remembers what they weighed when they graduated from high school? And uh, uh, My mother always tells a story about her and my father. And uh, when they had my brother, and uh, they had a nine-pound, I think, nine pounds, some ounces baby. And the neighbor said, those two skinny kids had a nine-pound baby. <laughs> oh, to be skinny again, huh? <laughs> but the power of faith. I think a lot of us live in faithfulness, and God will honor that faithfulness. But there is something that he wants us to launch into. He's anxious. He desires. He seeks those who will step out in faith. He will honor and he does honor those who are faithful in their attendance and their worship. He is honorable to honor those who are faithful in reading the word and their prayer life. He is honorable and he honors those who continue steadfast day after day, week after week, month after month, and year after year. But there is something else. He does honor faithfulness. But God is looking for faith. He's looking for people who will speak faith and live faith. Amen. And I think... I'm convinced that a lot of apostolics, a lot of believers around the world, they live in an era and an aura of faithfulness. But they rarely step out of the boat. They rarely go beyond what the expected norm is in their life. And when God sees someone who steps beyond, who reaches beyond the pale, who says, I'm going to do more than the average. I'm not going to be just average. I'm not just going to show up. I had a boss one time years ago when I was I first entered the workforce, and he said the most important thing is just showing up. And I said, yes, uh, I, I realize that now. Uh, the older I've gotten and we employ people at the daycare, we just like for people... show up. Please just tell us that you're going to show up. Just show up. Amen. Show up. Just show up. And, And God does honor you when you just show up. He blesses you even though you don't deserve to be blessed on Sunday morning or Wednesday night. He blesses you every day when you're faithful to Him, but when you become extraordinary, it's not difficult to become extraordinary. When you become extraordinary, God takes notice. Now He sees. He, the Bible says, His eyes are roaming true and fro. He's looking at every individual. He has that capability. He is God. He's omnipresent. He's omnipotent. And he's omniscient. We serve a great, mighty God. We just sang about him. And he is looking to and fro. And he's looking at everyone's life. But when he sees someone who demonstrates extraordinary faith, who goes beyond and says, God, I want something more. He takes notice. He even becomes astonished at what we do. Amen. Because most of us live a life that would be quite monotonous if it wasn't for faith. I want to go to a couple of stories in the scripture and just, I said it wasn't going to be spit and speed. Now, I might get a little speed, but... Uh, and perhaps a little spit, but we're a distance away, so you young men on the front row, I don't think I can spit that far. <laughs> I, I have been in a church before, churches, where the, the pews were pretty close to the, and I have gotten red, wet, you know. It was, it was the, what did they say at SeaWorld, you're in the splash zone. <laughs> and I have been in the splash zone before. But I, I thought I considered it to be fun at the moment. Amen? I don't know about you, but I come to church to have fun. Now, in, in John chapter 4, I'm going to read a little story to you, and then we're going to go to another portion of Scripture, and you'll see where I'm going today. In verse 46 of John chapter 4, and... I'm reading from the Passion Translation. Jesus entered the village of Cana of Galilee where he had transformed water into wine. And he met there a government official from Capernaum whose son was very sick and dying. When he heard that Jesus had left Judea and was staying in Cana of Galilee, he decided to make the 17-mile journey to Cana. Didn't get in his car. He walked or rode a donkey or had a horse when he found Jesus, he begged him. He begged him, you must come with me to Capernaum and heal my son. Notice what Jesus says here. So Jesus said to him, you never believe unless you see signs and wonders. Notice how Jesus responds. He didn't say, I'll I'll come, I'll I'll pray the prayer of faith. But he says, you never believe unless you see signs and wonders. He's trying to teach us a lesson here. But the man continued to plead. Come with me to Capernaum before my little boy dies. And Jesus looked him in the eyes and said, go back home now. I promise you, your son will live. The man believed in his heart the words of Jesus and set off for home. And when he was a distance from Capernaum, his servants met him on the road and told him the good news. Your son is healed. He's alive. Overjoyed, the father asked his servants, when did my son begin to recover? And they said yesterday. At one in the afternoon, all at once, his fever broke, and now he's well. Then the father immediately realized that it was at the very same hour that Jesus spoke the words to him, your son will live. From that day forward, the man, his servants, and all his family believed healing the official son was Jesus' second extraordinary miracle in Galilee after returning from Judea. Now, I want to turn your attention to one other story that's very similar. It's found in the book of Matthew, chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8, and verse number 5. When Jesus entered the village of Capernaum, a captain in the Roman army approached him, asking. For a miracle. Lord, he said, I have a son who is lying in my home paralyzed and suffering terribly. Jesus responded, I will go up with you and heal him. Notice. Jesus is discerning something here. But the Roman officer interjected, Lord, who am I to have you come to my house? I'm a man of war. Stuff really good doesn't happen in my place. I, you know, I, I understand. Who am I to have you come into my house? I understand your authority. For I too am a man who walks under authority and have authority over soldiers who serve under me. I can tell one to go and he'll go and another to come and he'll come. I command my servants and they'll do whatever I ask. So I know that all you need to do is to stand here and command healing over my son and he will be instantly healed. The Bible says that Jesus was astonished. The King James, King James says he marveled. He's astonished. Notice the, the story is very, very similar. But there is there's a difference In the faith of one, there's a lack of faith in the other. Why? Because of what is being said. Let's read on here. Jesus was astonished, and when he heard this, he said to those who were following him, he has greater faith than anyone I've encountered in all of Israel. These are the words of Jesus. Listen to what I am about to tell you. Multitudes of Gentiles will stream into the east and the west to enter into the heavenly kingdom with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But many Israelites born to be heirs of the kingdom will be turned away and banished into the darkness where there will be bitter weeping and unbearable anguish. And then Jesus turned to the Roman officer and said... Go home, all that you have believed for will be done for you. And his son was healed at that very moment. The book of Hebrews, 11th chapter and the 6th verse that we read to you, it says, But without faith it is impossible to please God. There has to be a demonstration of faith. It is more than just showing up. It is more than just saying, I'm here, God. Now do something for me. That's not what God really is looking for. He's looking for people who will extend themselves. He's looking for people who will speak the words of faith. He's looking for people who will believe the words of faith. Even Jesus himself said there will be people that will come from the east and west Gentiles that don't know the oracles of God but they will will demonstrate faith they will believe God for great things and God will respond it has to be more than just faithfulness it has to be more than just showing up it has to be more than saying God I'm here what are you going to do for me now what have you done for me lately Lord I'm here to tell you this morning that we have to demonstrate faith to see God act on our behalf. Amen. <laughs> I think I, I talked, and if you were here at any of my Bible studies on those Wednesdays that we talked about how you can speak the language of faith. I, I hear a lot of things being said, but I, my ear perks up. I said this and gave this example. I've been to many different countries. My father's been to 144 countries and I've been to many countries of the world where no one uh, at that particular area where I was standing or was uh, at, uh, no one spoke English. And so if I hear someone even speak British accented English. I perk up, but I really perk up when I hear someone speak American accented English. Uh, I'll, I'll automatically say, oh, you're an American. And then we they, they'll they say, uh, invariably, they say, oh, yes. And I'll say, well, uh, your accent sounds like you're from Tennessee or you're from Texas or you're from Washington State or maybe you're from the deep south. Maybe you're from Alabama or Mississippi. I just hear the, the nuances of the words that you're saying. I recognize and the same in the realm of the Spirit. Sometimes you can walk around and you're in the world and people talk about God and people talk about the Word of God. and People talk about being Christians, but I don't hear faith being expressed. I don't hear words of faith being expressed. But when I hear words of faith expressed, my interest peaks up. I say, oh you're a believer. You believe that God can do it and not only can but he will do it Jesus immediately responded to this government official whose son was very sick and at death and and Jesus said will you not believe except you see signs and wonders and the man, it seems to completely escape him. It seem he, he doesn't clue in. He The Bible says he intensifies his pleading as if sometimes maybe he elevated his voice volume and he became groveling and maybe he got down on his knees and said, oh, please come to my house. Please, I know it's 17 miles. I know it's a journey and perhaps you already have a schedule and and perhaps you already have things to do but my need is so desperate and Jesus finally looks at him and says sir you can have what you want I'm trying to tell you I'm trying to get you to clue in. But you see, there was a man, we call him a centurion, the King James Version. The centurion said, Whoa, wait a minute. Uh, I know I asked you a question. I asked you if you would come to my house, uh, but I've reconsidered. Uh, I don't want you to come to my house. Uh, You don't, it's not necessary. You don't have to. I know all about authority. I see you're a man of authority. I'm a man of authority. I tell people to go and they go. I tell them to come and they come. Uh, I understand all that. And all you have to do is give the command right where. you stand and it will happen the Bible says that Jesus became astonished and said I have been all over Israel I haven't found that kind of faith amen amen Now I said I wasn't going to get excited Uh, it's hard not to you know (laughs) amen this has been just rattling around in my head, so to speak, day after day and day after day and day after day. My wife and I, we're very, uh, we're very frank with each other in our own personal time. And she pointed out an area of my life and said, I said, okay, I won't say that anymore. Yeah, I realize she's my helpmate. Uh, that's why I married her. And, amen. You know, if, if you get married and your wife tells you something that you need to make an adjustment, don't get your feelings hurt. Oh, please, come on. Hello. Is anybody out there? Amen. You know, don't get your feelings hurt. That's why I married her. I I need someone to help me. She's my help meet and help grow. Amen. We've been together for 32 years this year, isn't it? 32 years, a long time. And, but we're still friends and we still love one another. Amen. My best friend is sitting over there. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Well. said, you need to make an adjustment. She didn't tell me that. She just pointed something. I am the one that said, you know, nobody can make an adjustment for you. You've got to make it your own adjustments in your head and in your heart. Nobody can call you to preach. No one, no one can do this. This is something that you have to desire on your own. This is something that you have to hunger. And, and you, you want. You want this more than anything. Yeah? God's not looking for any more Playboy preachers. He's not looking for any part-time preachers. He's not looking for people who will just do this on the side. If you're going to be a preacher, be a good one. Amen. And we see this. This man here told Jesus, you just give the command. You give the command. Now, so I, I, I got to thinking about the, this decree. And I wrote some, I looked to Mr. Webster. I like him. Uh, he, 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 he corrects me if I, I have a misunderstanding about a word. And, and uh, so I got to looking at the word decree and declare. So decree is an order usually having the force of law. If when the governor in 2020 made a decree, you remember this? The governor made a decree that there were to be uh, no congregation of people larger than a certain size. That was a decree. Now, we elected by a uh, popular vote the governor of this state. Therefore, we are in a de- democratic republic. You say, well, I didn't vote for him. Well, it, it, this is not a, a dictatorship. Uh, this is not a, you can go to some other country and perhaps find one of those things. But you don't always get your way here in North America. And if some of you are pouting and you're still pouting because the person that you voted for is not in office, you need to get over it, and I mean right now. Some of you, uh, I, I talked to someone the other day and they're still pouting because something happened last November that, that they didn't necessarily agree with. it. And I said, that is November in 2020. You know what the date is? It's July 2021. And life is moving on and you need to get over it because Jesus Christ is in control. Amen. I see some of you grinning out there because maybe you have a bad attitude that your individual that you you voted for didn't get elected. Well, I've got the microphone in my hand, and I'm telling you as a pastor, you need to get over it. Amen. That's not about right. That is right. Amen. Amen. Where was I? (laughs) (laughs) Declared. So when the government declared, he made a decree, this is which held force of law. You know, the Lord has given us a lot of decrees. They hold force of law, whether you abide by them or not. Someone was saying something to me this morning about people criticizing this way of life that we live in and and I, I, I've, I've known of their criticism and, and I've heard it and I've, I've experienced it uh, but my my saying to them uh, was let's see what their end is you know the Bible says in Psalm chapter 73 uh, that your foot and I slipped uh, when you saw the prosperity of the wicked uh, it looks like they're getting away with everything and doing everything uh, and nothing's happening to them uh, but the Bible says in verse 17 of, uh, of Psalm uh, 73 but when I considered the their end. When I looked at the end, I want you to know we're on the road of faithfulness and we're walking by faith and God is in control. Hallelujah. I'm not looking to the right. I'm not looking to the left. I'm looking straight on at Jesus Christ because He is in control and He is over me. So a decree is an order which usually has the force of law behind it. To declare is to make known formally or officially or explicitly. That's what Mr. Webster said about those two words. We need to declare God's word. We need to declare God's word. I know many of you are reading the Bible through this year, and I'm so very happy that you're doing that. Sister Barb keeps track of it, and and she she sits out there, and it's the if she doesn't get you, she will get you. Amen. Uh, uh, she's almost like the IRS sometimes. You, you might get by, but you won't get away. <laughs> and she she finds you, and and uh, she cajoles you or. Uh, whatever, and, and and tries to get you to get back on track. You tell her, "Well, Sister Barb, I'm I'm a month behind," and she she prods you and says, well, get in, get with the program and, and starts, start reading. And I, I'm glad that you are reading the word of God. And, and, and you know, it's that word that gives us life. Jesus said, look through the word and it gives us life. It gives us strength. But there are so many decrees in God's word that if you just read them and say, oh, that was nice for them. Brother Ham made a, a very good point. He said, we look at individuals in the scripture and we elevate them almost to a demigod status they're not god but they're right up there do you realize that everybody that come from adam is just like you and i and they had hardships and they had trials and they had shortcomings and they had failures and they had faults and they were not perfect but one thing they did learn to do is to declare the decrees of god over their life now faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God we often <clears throat> refer to that to that as being the preaching of the Word of God, but you need to look at the Word of God and you need to personally apply it to your life. When you see the words you or they or the, you need to say your name in that particular verse. So faith cometh by hearing, you hearing yourself preach and speak the Word of God. You need to speak the Word of God over yourself. Look at Psalms chapter 91 and every that would be a great place to start. And every place it talked about that that person, other person or the third person uh, you apply it to yourself Uh, I'm under the shadow of the most high, Uh, God is blessing me right now, Uh, I'm walking in faith and godliness Uh, I'm walking in righteousness Uh, God's power is over me, Uh, amen, I'm not going to refer to it in the third person uh, or the second person, I'm going to refer to it as happening to me Uh, this is my word, this is my gospel, Uh, this is the word of God to me, Uh, not through somebody else, uh, not through my parents, uh, not through my grandmother, not through my pastor, uh, not through some other person uh, that believes, uh, but it's to me. It's mine personally. You need to apply the word of God to yourself. Speak it over yourself. Let's look at Psalm 91. This is a good psalm. Psalm 91. Hallelujah. It's good to hear those pages turn. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge. And my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. You need to apply that to yourself. You need to get up in the morning and say, he is my God. Amen. He's not just a God. He's just not God in the in the wild blue yonder, but He's my God. When I woke up this morning with my mind stayed on Jesus. I woke up this morning with my heart set like a flint toward heaven. I woke up this morning and God was in my life. Amen. He was directing my thoughts. The Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. My thoughts were directed by Him. My steps were directed by Him. Why? Because I have applied the Word to my life, it's my word this is my promise it's not anybody else, it's not David's or whoever the author was this is my promise surely he shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler hallelujah and from the noisome pestilence he shall cover me with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust that his truth shall be thy shield shall be my shield and buckler my he shall not I shall not be afraid for the terror by night for the arrow that flieth by day amen when I lay down to sleep I'm not afraid of having nightmares amen I pray a prayer blessing up on my head I don't necessarily even have to say it I'll just say thank you Jesus thank you Jesus for watching over me thank you Jesus for your angels surrounding me you know what you need to stay away from drugs you need to stay away from watching horror movies. Uh, You need to stay away from uh, uh, reading books about horror because if you entertain the devil the devil will accommodate you. I preach against that hard. You need to stay away from watching horror flicks. Anything that's bad you need to stay away from but, but especially that. You entertain the spirit of the evil one and the evil one will show up. It's just like when you say hallelujah, God shows up. When you say glory to Jesus, He shows up. The angels of the Lord show up. And if you give glory to some evil spirit, to some w- wicked thing that's happening on the screen, and you, you relish in it, and you give your spirit over to it, I want you to know when you have nightmares and things happen to you, that's an evil spirit that showed up in your life, and you entertained it. This is good preaching this morning. I hope you're listening. Amen. We don't entertain evil spirits. We bind it. Amen. You, you don't... Uh, I, I know it's been popular in years past to, to read about, about vampires. Uh, there's no such thing. Uh, you don't need to read them that kind of trash. Uh, I like to read, and I read several books a year, uh, perhaps 50 to 60 books a year. Uh, I don't read that kind of stuff. Uh, that's not stuff, that's something that I want in my mind. Uh, you need to keep your heart straight, uh, your mind pure, uh, and your eyes set like a flint toward heaven. Amen. This is good preaching. This is a preaching that will save you. A thousand shall fall by th- thy, my side and 10,000 at my right hand, but it shall not come nigh me. Only with thine eyes shall be my, my eyes shall behold and see the reward of the wicked, because thou hast made the Lord which is my refuge. I uh, my refuge is the Lord Jesus Christ, even the most high thy habitation. There shall no evil befall me. Uh, neither shall any plague come nigh uh, my dwelling. Uh, for he shall keep his angels charge over thee to keep me uh, in all my ways. Uh, they shall bear me up in their hands. Uh, lest thou dash thy foot uh, against uh, my foot against a stone. Uh, thou, thou shalt tread upon the lion uh, and upon the adder and the young lion. And dragon shall thou trample under thy feet. Uh, Jesus said uh, hallelujah that his word will not return void. Verse 14, because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. I shall call upon him, and I will answer him, and I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him, and with long life I will satisfy him. Amen. God is with us. We need to start personalizing the scripture. Amen. Now we read the verse of scripture out of Job chapter 22 and 28. And said, you shall decree a thing. We don't just speak anything. But the light of God's word has to be on what you to decree. Let me say that again. The light of God's word has to be on what you decree. You know, we're not telling you to go around claiming pink Cadillacs. We're not telling you to go around claiming mansions. We're telling you to claim what the light of God's word is shedding upon you. His word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Hallelujah. Praise God. couple other verses, passages, Ephesians chapter 1, 17 through 23, you could personalize. Ephesians 1, 17 through 23. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 21, you could personalize. You see, decrees are a tool by which we cause the truths of heavenly realm to be manifest in the natural realm. Matthew chapter 6, verse 10 says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. You know that, Lord's Prayer. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. As it is, as it is, as it is. It's already been decreed. You just need to agree and speak the decree of God's word. Some of you are letting your past hold you back. Some of you are letting the things that you've done in the past hold you back. You need to start decreeing what God has decreed over you. The devil will sit on your shoulder and tell you, "Uh uh-huh, don't get too spiritual. Now I know I no longer have control of you, but don't get too spiritual. You need to rebuke him and bind him and say, wait a minute, I'm you no longer have any control. Get out of my life. Get out of my ear. I don't want to hear what you're saying. I'm going to speak the word because I know that you understand that there is one God. And when I start speaking that one God's name, the Bible says he starts shaking and trembling. He gets nervous. Why? Because he knows the power of the blood. Hallelujah. I've got the blood of Jesus Christ upon me. I went down in the watery grave of baptism in his name. And the blood was applied to my life. Hallelujah. And I took on a new name. I have a new name that he has only given to me. And only he and I know that new name. Hallelujah. You see, that my wife and I, we talk to each other in a special language. I only know her the language. uh, She and I only know this language. That's right. We... We're, we've been married for 32 years, and so we talk to each other. And, you know, I, I have a special language that only the Lord Jesus Christ and I know. He gave me a new name. It's, I don't know, I, I'm not going to tell you that new name. It, it's a pet name just between he and I. I talk to the Lord. Amen. And if you don't, yeah, I'm not sure about your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says he'll give us a new name. Is that what he said, Sister Brenda? He's, he'd give us a new name it's not a name necessarily I know, I know you're thinking about the name of Jesus that's a name that's popularly in, and known by all of us and it was applied to our lives that, the, the book of Ephesians says that's the family name but I have a name that's specific between me and God and he calls my name I know exactly who he's talking to when my mother said Kevin Kenneth I didn't look around and point me who, are you talking to me? Now when she called, uh, when she opened that door and hollered my middle, first and middle name, I knew exactly who she was talking. I didn't have to say to my friend Mark, is, that, is she talking to you, Mark? No, uh, my friend Ryan, is she talking to you, Ryan? They didn't, they didn't look at, no, they said, she's talking to you. She said your first name and your middle name. And I knew that things were a bit serious when she called my middle name. Yes, ma'am. What seems to be the problem now? (laughs) I hope there's no problem. (laughs) Right? How many remembers your mother calling your middle name? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And if you got your middle name called... (laughs) It usually meant... (laughs) (laughs) I didn't like to hear my middle... I like my middle name, but I didn't like to hear my mother call my middle name in that particular tone of voice. (laughs) That meant uh, that uh, things weren't real good. (laughs) Uh, And I should go maybe quickly to the bedroom and put on another pair of trousers or something. You you, you got my meaning. (laughs) You know what I'm trying to say. You see, when God calls my name, that special name that only he and I know, hallelujah, nobody else knows it. The devil knows. He'd like to know it. He'd like to know, but I'm not telling him. Amen. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 6, verse 10 says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on, on earth, on earth, as it is already, already in heaven. When I call the word of God, Lord, I pray that your kingdom come, your will be done on my life. I speak your word. I speak your word. I'm coming to a close right now. Hallelujah. If you don't know Jesus today, if you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, if you've never received the Holy Ghost, this is the most wonderful life. This is the most wonderful life. You can't have my life, but I can show you how you can have your own with Jesus Christ. Amen. I've had people say, well, I want your life, Pastor. I'm sorry. I said, sorry, you can't have it. You have to have your own relationship with God. I can show you how to make it. I can show you how to have it. Number one is be faithful. Just be faithful. Don't be flaky. Uh, Don't be flaky. Just come to church. Just come to church. Just, Just come to church. Just come to church. Don't be flaky. Just come to church. Be consistent. Amen. Just just show up day after day, day after day. Just worship God no matter how you feel, no matter what's going on in your head or in your world. You just show up and go to church. And number two, if you'll demonstrate faith, God will show up in your life. God will show up. And I don't know about you. I like being faithful and I like this life. And this is a wonderful life. And I, I enjoy and I, I treasure being filled with the Holy Ghost and all. That's, that's wonderful. But I really want to see God. I, I really want to experience more of God. I really, that's what I really here, am here for. Amen. Amen. Would you stand to your feet this morning, this afternoon? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.